Happy Holidays! This is Binging Christmas, a podcast dedicated to the best, worst, and campiest holiday movies TV has to offer. I'm Allie. And I'm T-Money. Let's get wrapping. And unwrapping? Today we're doing a special mini-episode going over the lineup of new Lifetime movies airing this year as part of their event, It's a Wonderful Lifetime. They're starting off strong with that pun. I'll give them points for that. T, you mentioned that you've sampled a couple of their movies so far and had some pretty mixed reviews. Yeah, so I saw the first one, which aired last week, called Christmas on Ice. And that was about a former figure skater who was running a public skating ring until the mayor announces that it's closing. Well, the description, it says, And Courtney is heartbroken but determined to save it. After Courtney's attempts to warm the mayor Scrooge's heart fail, she enlists the help of Noah Tremblay, a former professional hockey player and single dad who owns the new indoor skating rink to help her. And together, they can find more than just the spirit of the holidays on ice. So I watched about maybe five minutes of this movie, and I was like, oh, this is kind of terrible. But I kept watching. I was like, well, maybe it'll get better. And it just didn't get better. And I think a lot of the problems that the Lifetime movies have, in my opinion, are one, to me, the actors are lesser known. So sometimes they don't do that great of a job in their acting. Two, the music comes off as very generic um, and not as bubbly, I guess, as Hallmark Christmas movies music is. Mm -hmm. And then three, the filming is also just different. I feel like Hallmark movies are more crisp and bright and happy and colorful, whereas Lifetime feels a little more muted in some of their offerings. Not every movie is like that, obviously, but a lot of them are. And the other movie that I checked out was Forever Christmas about this guy who he keeps his house decorated for Christmas 365 days of the year to honor his grandparents. And a reality TV producer wants to do a show about him. And that movie was better than the first movie. I actually gave it a shot to watch the whole thing, but I found myself being like, okay, is it over yet? Or, okay, what point are they trying to make? And the movie just never quite ended. Or it felt like it was going to end. It was it was kind of cute. It was kind of funny. But I felt like it was all just... It was almost there. Like, it needed something to make it pop. How does keeping his Christmas decorations up all year round honor his grandparents? Well, I guess his grandparents were really into Christmas. And they would go all out. And he moved into their house. And they always kept it decorated big for Christmas. And he lost his parents when he was younger. So they kind of raised him with going all out for Christmas. And he realized he could reach a lot of people through charity and just the community and making his house extravagant all the time. I don't know. That's what I got from it. I don't know if they necessarily touched upon all of it, but... Okay. I mean, I feel like you can honor your grandparents without uprooting your entire life to be Christmas. Yeah, they just really drove home that this guy was normal, even though he was, do- <laughs> he was doing this crazy thing. They just kept being like, he's normal, he's hot, he's sexy, he's gonna take his shirt off five times. Yeah, I love that this synopsis 
refers to him as Will, a wildly sexy guy who celebrates Christmas every day of the year. What a character description that is. Well, he was wildly sexy, I'll give you that. But his character wasn't really wild. His character was just a normal dude. And I feel like if this movie were made on Hallmark, he would just be totally out there. Not a care in the world, just kind of carefree. And I think that was the problem is they just kept trying to drive home that he was a normal guy just doing this crazy thing. And Hallmark kind of embraces the crazy yeah, they must have realized how insane that concept sounded. They're like, we got to tone him down or people are going to think he's he's insane. When you just need to go for it. You, that's why we watch Christmas movies, because they're out there and you just right. need to go out there. If you're only going to half-ass it, then the whole movie just kind of comes off as that way. We're here for cheese and we're here for camp. Exactly. And Christmas. Those are the three C's. <laughs> cheese, camp, and Christmas. Yes. So another Lifetime movie that looks like it may have come out already, it's Christmas Underwrapped, which is executive produced by Tiffany Haddish. That's an interesting credit. That's exciting. I wonder if she makes a cameo in that. Both Hallmark and Lifetime have a lot of celebrity producers tacked on this year, and I'm not sure what their involvement entails. Like, why is Blake Shelton producing a Hallmark movie? Why is Tiffany Haddish producing a Lifetime movie? Was it just boredom from the pandemic? What else are they going to do? Who knows? So Christmas Underwrapped from executive producer Tiffany Haddish follows Charity, an ambitious reporter who learns the true meaning of Christmas when she investigates Eric Gallagher, a beloved member of the town who insists all the gifts he provides are from none other than Santa himself. Is it going to be like Christmas Underwrapped from Hallmark where Where someone's secret Santa? He's insisting they're from Santa. Yeah, maybe he's actually Santa and that's why he's... Does Lifetime do those kind of plot lines? Sometimes, but not all the time. But sometimes, yes. Like they had the one... Last year, or maybe the year before, with Melissa Joan Hart and Barry Watson, where he was mm-hmm. a nutcracker come to life. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Do you remember what that was called? It was A Very Nutty Christmas. And okay, of course it was. I went into it thinking it was going to be terrible, and it was actually pretty cute. You know what? That makes sense, because I just got my new phone, and as I was setting it up, I was going through the Reminders app, and I have so many reminders that I really need to clear out, but one of them was a list of Christmas movies that I was supposed to find last year and totally forgot about, and one of them was A Very Nutty Christmas, and I kept thinking, what could this possibly be? And now you've answered that, and I I need to add that back onto my list. You do. Melissa Joan Hart always makes good Christmas movies, or I think there was one a couple years ago I didn't watch, but... Most of her movies are pretty good. She is in quite a few of them. So A Crafty Christmas Romance, which came out Friday, October 30th, is about Mandy, the owner of a craft and hobby store, discovers an old copy of A Christmas Carol among donations for a book drive. In the book is a letter to Santa from 70 years ago, along with a valuable coin. Mandy sets out to find the owner of the book, letter, and coin with the help of Jonah, a contractor who first came upon and donated the book. Along the way, they find clues that lead them closer to the author and to each other, but can Mandy return everything to the book owner in time for Christmas and make her own Christmas wish come true? A valuable coin seems like such a weird addition to this. But why does she need to return the book to the owner? Right. Like you said, it doesn't really explain what the plot is. Is the book valuable? So that's why she wants Mm -hmm. to return to it, because it's really valuable. Maybe it's just the letter. 
Or the letter. Oh, yeah. The letter is a pretty cool detail. I don't know what the connection to the valuable coin. The coin must have been in the envelope with the letter. I don't know how you could tuck a coin into a book and it doesn't fall out. But isn't that kind of sad where, like, you write this letter to Santa and then all these years you find out that it's lost and then some random woman shows up at your door to return the book to you and say, here's your letter that never got sent? Well, I mean, 70 years ago, I'm hoping by this time, this person understands that Santa's not real. I mean, obviously, it's not like, dear Santa, bring me cookies. It could be like, dear Santa, my mom has died. I'm missing her. I really need a Christmas miracle. And then this woman was like, I found your book and here's a coin. Merry Christmas. Bye. I'm going back to my life. (laughs) Boy, that took a dark turn. I don't know. I guess we could watch and find out. Next up, coming out on Halloween, is Candy Cane Christmas, which stars Beverly Mitchell. That's the girl from Seventh Heaven, right? Yes. Yeah, that's her. Since childhood, Candy Cane Lane has been Phoebe's favorite holiday tradition of an entire neighborhood decorated for Christmas. This Christmas, however, the neighborhood decided to skip the decorations, crushing her spirits. As Phoebe is searching for a new tradition to cheer her up, she realizes that it's not the traditions we cherish, but the people we spend them with. While preparing for her new tradition, Phoebe stumbles upon the final thing her Christmas was missing. Love. Oh. I wonder what happened to cause an entire neighborhood to decide to drop this tradition. Is it the pandemic? Did they all lose their jobs this year and can't afford to decorate for Christmas anymore? Maybe they all got busy or everyone, there's no more kids in the neighborhood anymore. I don't know. Oh, maybe. It does seem weird that the entire neighborhood all decided to quit the same year. So maybe it is a kid thing. Another great title coming out November 1st, starring Keisha Knight-Pulliam, who was Rudy from The Cosby Show, is The Christmas Aunt. Or Aunt, I suppose. When Rebecca Miller returns home to Tennessee two weeks before Christmas to take care of her niece and nephew while their parents are away, the last thing she expected is to reconnect with her childhood best friend, Drew. As she attempts to revive the kids' Christmas spirit and redeem their faith in Santa, she rediscovers her favorite childhood activity, 12 Days of Christmas, something she always did with Drew. As the kids' faith in the holiday grows, Rebecca and Drew's friendship returns, she starts looking at Drew in a whole new light. I have several questions right off the bat. One, where are their parents going at Christmas without their children? Two, if we're going to cast Rudy Huxtable in this and then she reconnects with her childhood best friend, he had better be played by Bud from The Cosby Show. Three, 12 Days of Christmas is not an activity. What does that mean? Is this going to be another scavenger hunt where every day they have to go find, you know, 12 geese a lane or whatever it is? Well, it was something she always did with Drew. So it's their childhood tradition. But what is it? I mean, they've clearly got me hooked because now I have this question that I can only answer by watching. So is she a Christmas aunt because she is there with them at Christmas? She only exists at Christmas. Coming out Friday, November 6th is the Christmas Yule blog. Caroline Williams, a well-known social media travel writer, is given the assignment to cover a hundred-year-old Christmas parade in the small town of Cartamore, New Mexico. Not excited about the assignment, Caroline goes anyway and meets a high school music teacher, Oscar Ortiz, who introduces her to a side of Christmas that she's never seen, with different traditions and meanings. In the 12 days before Christmas, Caroline falls in love with Christmas all over again and finds true love for herself. 
The concept of a hundred-year-old Christmas parade really makes me want to believe that it's like a Brigadoon situation. It's like a ghost parade that shows up every year. That would be awesome. November 7th has a welcome home Christmas. Chloe has always supported various military organizations, including the town's Army Toy Drive, for Christmas. This year, she is paired with Michael, a vet who recently returned home, and together they recruit other (laughs) veterinarians. I definitely it said vet and I assumed it was a veterinarian and I'm like why is a veterinarian in the army but it's definitely veterans oh man that's so stupid they recruit other veterans and active military personnel to help in the cause as the community gears up for the officer's Christmas ball where all the kids will meet Santa Claus and receive their gifts. Michael and Chloe begin to realize the greatest gift of the season is having each other's company. As an army brat, I am very embarrassed. I assumed a vet was a veterinarian. And also I have never heard of an officer's Christmas ball. I've heard of an officer's ball, never heard of an officer's Christmas ball, but I do know that an officer's ball is not something that children would attend. But it's Christmas, so maybe children will attend an officer's Christmas ball. And I also feel like they do need to make a movie where two vets are paired up with the, with each other and then meet a whole bunch of other veterinarians. And it can be dogs and cats. And it can be called a veterinarian. Christmas. Maybe there's a misunderstanding where they meet in an online dating site. And one of them is a veterinarian and one of them is a veteran. And they think that they're both the same category and they don't find out until they meet and fall in love. That sounds ridiculous. So it means it's good for the holiday season. Exactly. November 8th has a very charming Christmas town. City girl and travel and lifestyle blogger Aubrey Lang goes to the small town of Solvang for her next holiday vlog piece after it's voted most Christmassy town in the USA. She soon meets Sawyer Larson, a local community coordinator and chocolate shop owner, assigned to show her around the small town. At first, the unlikely pairing is at odds, but soon start to fall in love with each other amidst the twinkling lights of the romantic little Danish village. I've heard of solving. It's in California. I've never heard of it being Christmassy. I think it is Christmassy, though, because I remember one time long ago, I looked up small Christmas towns (laughs) in Southern California because I just wanted to go on a little tour. Mm -hmm. And I think I remember Solvang being one. Well, if we're not in a pandemic next year, we we should definitely do this. Right? We definitely should. Find the chocolate shop. Yeah. Let's find the chocolate shop owned by the local community coordinator in the most Christmassy town in the USA. But I can't believe that in Southern California would be the most Christmassy town. Agreed. That sounds bogus. And I also like how this is the second movie where the woman is a travel and lifestyle blogger. Blogger, yeah. They're trying to keep up with the times. But she probably lives in this, like, gigantic house with, like, all these lights. And, you know, Mm -hmm. blogging has never made me any money. (laughs) Right? November 13th has Christmas on the Vine. Brooke, a young marketing executive, goes back to her hometown, excited to relive her Christmas memories while helping a struggling family-owned winery. Her marketing assignment involves an unlikely partnership with Tyler, a charismatic yet stubborn owner of the winery. Brooke quickly learns that the town's Christmas spirit has disappeared due to a wine conglomerate buying out all of the local wineries. 
Determined to bring Christmas back to town, Brooke and Tyler work together and discover they share more than a love of wine. Why would they lose their Christmas spirit? Wouldn't they all be like celebrating that they just made this huge sale? Now their family is no longer the owners. They're just buying everything out. But they chose to sell them. I don't know. I guess we need more context. This just sounds like a lucrative business transaction. Well, maybe it's because the town relies on the money coming in from the winery. So if this conglomerate buys it out, then all of the money is going to them and the town will die. You know, like towns around mining companies, but this is a town around wineries. But if that's the case, then why did they sell? I don't know. There's some element here we're just missing. Yeah. On November 14th is Christmas on Wheels. Ashley returns to her small hometown to care for her uncle, who recently broke his ankle. When she learns that he has sold her mom's vintage red convertible, a car that holds many wonderful Christmas memories for Ashley, she is disappointed. But with the help of Duncan, her uncle's attorney, Ashley is reunited with the car and restores it to its former glory and fills it with gifts for the community, just as her mom used to do. As she reconnects with happy Christmas memories, she feels torn about her plans to return to the big city and what she may be leaving behind. So who owned this car? Her or the uncle? Because if her uncle sold her car, that's pretty messed up. Well, it was her mom, right? That is messed up. Like, her mom died and to be like, I sold your car. I just sold your mom's car, yeah. your one memory of her, and I sold it. Yeah, her uncle must be having money troubles. But even then, this synopsis reads like an Am I the Asshole post from Reddit. But it's also like, I don't know, what's the whole point of the car situation? It just seemed weird. I guess it's sort of like a Santa's sleigh vibe where she drives around throwing presents at kids on the sidewalk. November 15th, the Christmas edition. It's Christmas time and Jackie, an up-and-coming journalist, finds that her life is at crossroads until she finds an unexpected opportunity to run a small-town newspaper in Alaska. Jackie decides to give it a try and relocates to the small, picture-perfect small town. That's redundant. They need a better person to write these descriptions. Yeah, they need a copywriter. Like they, they said need... fine in one sentence and then that winery one said wine like ten times in four lines. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. She said find twice and then small small within, within four words. Using a series of Christmas articles, she's able to quickly return the newspaper to profitability and soon falls in love, both with her new home and the handsome son of the paper's former owner. However, when her old boss announces plans to take over the paper for herself, Jackie will need a Christmas miracle to save it. Her former boss... Again, it's hard to understand what they're saying here. Is the paper's former owner trying to take it back from her? Or is her former boss from her big old newspaper that she used to work for trying to buy out the small town newspaper? And why would you do that? It's probably the big company. That's usually how it is. Mm -hmm. Why would anyone outside of the small town in Alaska care about their newspaper. Maybe because when she starts writing for it, it starts to do better. It has it has quickly returned to profitability. Oh yeah, see, yep, 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 yep. On November 20th, they have a taste for Christmas. When Natalie learns her cousin Francesca must cancel the Christmas Eve opening for her new Italian restaurant, Natalie's heart goes out to all the guests who are planning on attending. 
Since no one should be alone on Christmas, Natalie decides to make the opening happen any way she can. However, the attractive but pessimistic Chef Stefano believes it's impossible. There are only three days until Christmas! But Natalie insists that the problems are just opportunities in disguise, and soon she convinces Stefano that they can do it. At first, these opposites do not attract, but feelings begin to change when they find themselves working side by side. With Stefano's help, Natalie learns that cooking, like Christmas, isn't about perfection. It's about sharing it with the ones you love. This one actually has some drama in the way it's described, and I appreciate that. Oh my god, Nia Vardalos is in this? I have to watch this movie. <laughs> I did not know Nia Vardalos is in this. I'm adding this to my list. I need to watch this. I also, I tend to like the Christmas movies that are centered around, like, cooking or baking or candy making or things like that. So this one does seem like it, it would be cute. Here's another great title. Feliz Navidad. Dad in all caps comes out November 21st, starring Mario Lopez and directed by Melissa Joan Hart. David Morales, an Arizona high school principal and single dad, has lost the holiday spirit after also losing his wife a few years ago during the Christmas season. Now David will do anything to avoid Christmas, so he moonlights as a delivery driver during the holidays. But this year, David's 14-year-old daughter, Noelle, and his living sister, Marissa, are determined to bring the Yuletide spirit back to the family, and with a little luck, also help David find love again via online dating. So when Sophie, a witty musician and customer on David's delivery route swipes right on him something magical happens between them okay so he doesn't want to celebrate christmas he wants to avoid it but then he's working as a delivery driver like isn't that just christmas right there that's really putting you right <laughs> i don't know a way to get more directly involved with christmas than to be a delivery driver during the holidays that would be like he wants to avoid the holiday so he's gonna work at a bakery and just make cookies all day right <laughs> I hate Christmas, so I'm going to go work on a tree farm. Exactly. <laughs> November 22nd is the air date for homemade Christmas. Every year, Megan, an ambitious young woman, uses the week leading up to Christmas to become the ultimate holiday freelance assistant for hire, helping with any Christmas-related tasks for extra income. But when the opportunity arrives to save a Christmas party and dazzle her crush, she must choose between the man of her aspirations and Mr. Wright, Dazzle Her Crush sounds like this is a teen movie. It does. And then it's always going to be something like her crush is going to be a jerk, but then Mr. Wright is going to be nice and sweet. And then you always wonder, why did they even like him in the first place? I like it when they make both men viable options, like Sweet Home Alabama, that movie. I felt like both of, oh, both of her male options were good choices either way. And that's better than, like, making one guy a jerk because the girl shouldn't be with him if he's a jerk anyway, so. Yeah. Coming out November 27th is Dear Christmas. This one stars Melissa Joan Hart, also has Jason Priestley and Ed Bagley Jr. It's got a lot of people in this movie. It's about Natalie Morgan. That's at least the second Natalie we've seen on this list. The host of a popular podcast, Holiday Love, which shares true stories of holiday romance with its listeners. While to the outside world and her listeners everywhere... What? This is a poorly written sentence. While to the outside world and her listeners everywhere see Natalie is an expert on romance. It needs a comma. While to the outside world and her listeners everywhere see see that Natalie... See that Natalie so is... Mean, see 
Natalie as, this was two different sentences that they combined poorly. We're just going to rewrite this whole synopsis. See Natalie as an expert on romance. She's never truly experienced a romance of her own. As Natalie prepares to embark on a promotional tour for her new book, she stops back home to spend Christmas with her family where she unexpectedly begins to experience her own holiday romance as sparks ignite with local firefighter Jack. It's another One Tree Hill reunion with Hilary Burton and Antoine Tanner, which Lifetime likes to do. Almost every year they do some kind of mini One Tree Hill reunion and you've got chad michael murray on hallmark i don't think he's in one this year but i mean in general he's often over on hallmark and then what was autumn reeser in was she one tree hill or was she oc she was oc okay that doesn't mean that she couldn't have been in one tree hill as well but i know she was definitely oc merry little christmas wedding little spelled with d's comes out november 28th Oh my god, starring Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. Lifetime's first ever Christmas sequel to last year's hit movie, Merry Little Christmas. Merry Little Christmas Wedding once again follows Jackie Little as she and Tyler try to plan their perfect destination Christmas wedding. Naturally, Jackie's plans go awry when her boisterous family intervenes in her plans and her snooty wedding planner quits in protest. While nothing goes as initially planned, Jackie and Tyler get a Christmas wedding more memorable than they could ever have dreamed. Again, this sounds a lot like an AITA post on Reddit. Who plans a destination wedding at Christmas? I mean, people who love Christmas? Yeah, but that has to be a small wedding. You can't expect a normal list of wedding guests to uproot their holiday plans for your wedding. And then why would you hire a snooty wedding planner? Snooty wedding planner sounds like a real trope of Lifetime and Hallmark movies, though, you know? Somebody's gotta be snooty out there. Someone's gotta be snooty. On November 29, Lifetime is airing, People Presents Once Upon a Main Street. Is that like people like the magazine? That's, that's Or people like people in general? Yeah, that's a confusing title. It can't possibly be the magazine, right? People presents colon once upon a main street. Amelia Lewis is super excited when she buys an available storefront planning to open a year-round Christmas shop. But her celebration comes to a screeching halt when she discovers that Vic Manning has also bid on the property. It just says she bought it, though. Someone really needs to rewrite these Amelia and Vic have the same idea, get to the seller, Elder Dubois, in the next town, and convince him to sell his space to them. Despite the holidays, Elder is down with the dumps. It's the first holiday without his wife, and he's in no mood to chair the decoration committee for the Battle of Main Street yearly holiday competition with the neighboring town. Hoping to win favor with Elder, Amelia and Vic volunteer to take over his duties. After continually bickering and trying to one-up each other, the two combatants learn to work together and even get the merchants on Main Street to put aside their differences for the greater good. Everyone, including Amelia and Vic, realize that compromise is the key that leads to a happy and romantic ending. This one has plenty going on. Multiple plots. I wonder what Vic wants to open in the store, though, because it seems like if Elder Dubois, great name, is usually so involved at Christmas, he would lean more towards the Christmas shop, although he is currently anti-Christmas, it seems. So maybe, maybe she has to convince him to like Christmas again. See, I don't get it. So Elder Dubois is selling his property in the town adjacent to him. So then the two people have to help Elder Dubois' other town in order to create a store in 
not that town. I'm assuming this is sort of a New England setting, in which case there's just a bunch of small towns all very close to each other. It's almost like neighborhoods more than separate towns. So I guess he worked in one town and lived in the other, and they want to buy the store in town A, but they have to go to town B where he lives and help with their Christmas competition. But then aren't they having a rival? They're having a battle of the Main Street competition. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Good point. So why? Maybe he moved after his wife died. That's one way to find out. The Christmas listing comes out November 30th. Julia Rogers is an uptight, hardworking realty owner who has lost her Christmas spirit. There's a lot of real estate plots this year. She will have to spend five days at a Christmas inn with her business competitor, Chad Everest. That is a Christmas movie name. In order to win over the badly needed listing for the Erickson Farmstead. While competing to win the listing, Julia and Chad discover they have more in common than they thought. I don't know when real estate became so Christmassy. Sure. Spotlight on Christmas coming out December 4th. Dumped two weeks before Christmas, actress Olivia O'Hara secretly returns to her tiny small town to hide out, eat cookies, and avoid the press. What she doesn't expect is to be faced with a family she left behind, meeting a charming new guy, Casey Rollins, and a noisy, and a, this is noisy, and a noisy report. That has to be nosy, right? It's a terrible sentence. It's a terrible sentence. Maybe the reporter has a lot of bells on him and he's just <laughs> walking around with like bells on. Okay, I'm going to assume it's nosy and not noisy, but that would be a great plot twist. Uh, and a nosy reporter following her every move. Completely overwhelmed, Olivia contemplates running away from her life once again, but with a newfound confidence and freedom, Olivia bravely steps up to take the starring role in her own life, realizing that home is where the heart is and that she deserves to be loved for exactly who she really is. I don't know how you could return to your hometown and be surprised that you have to face your family. (laughs) Did she think she could go home and they wouldn't know she was there? Apparently so. Yeah. If you want to hide out from people, why would you go home? Why wouldn't you like go to a remote beach? Especially if you're an actress who is obviously pretty famous. You know, go to Fiji and stay in the middle of nowhere and not your hometown where everybody knows your face and name. Yeah. And it's a tiny town. So everyone's going to know as soon as you show up. Exactly. On December 5th, they have Let's Meet Again on Christmas Eve. When college sweethearts Corinne and Rob get opportunities on different sides of the world, they decide to part ways and meet again in two years on Christmas Eve to see if they are really meant to be. However, one shows up and the other doesn't. The fate of their romance seems to have reached an end. Many years later, the two end up bumping into one another when they are both hired to help bring together a Christmas Eve wedding. Why are there so many Christmas Eve weddings? With many questions left unanswered, they are about to embark on a journey filled with romance and magic just in time for Christmas Eve. This is an interesting plot. There's some drama here. I like I like this meet up again in two years idea. And this is the actress from The Proud Family. Thank Kyla you. Pratt. Kyla Pratt. That's right. <laughs> this is the Proud Family actress. I knew she was in one of them. This movie reminds me of that ABC movie, Network. Same Time Next Christmas, with Leah Michelle, where her family and another family always spend Christmas together, and her best friend, who's played by Hottie Charles Michael Davis, 
they always hang out together every Christmas on an island. So it takes place over multiple Christmases over a lifetime. And then one time one person doesn't show up and blah, blah, blah. And then they end up reuniting. It reminds me of first love and then agreeing to meet at a certain place and then someone not showing up and then, you know, reconnecting years later. Christmas Ever After comes out December 6th, and it's about popular romance novelist Izzy Simmons spends every Christmas at her favorite snowy B&B, but this year she's faced with an impending deadline and a severe case of writer's block. Luckily, inspiration strikes in the unlikely form of the B&B's new owner, Matt, who bears an uncanny resemblance to the handsome hero from Izzy's novels. As both partake in the Lodge's annual itinerary of Christmas activities, Izzy's writer's block is cured, and the first pages of her and Matt's own love story may just be beginning. I was really hoping this was going to be some magical realism thing where her books had come to life and she falls in love with her own character. But like, how how does he bear a resemblance? Is it how she pictured him in her mind? Is this a coloring book? <laughs> Is it going to be one of those Fabio romance covers? And then they're like, oh, he looks exactly like that picture. Oh, I hope not. No, I want, I mean, I'm going to guess he's he's got like a five o'clock shadow and wears flannel. I hope he's the lumberjack prince that we talked about in our last episode. Yes, lumber more lumberjack princes. Mm-hmm. The next movie on December 7th is The Santa Squad, which is about Allie. An out-of-work art teacher has to accept a job with the Santa Squad to help wealthy widower Gordon and his two precious daughters rediscover the magic of Christmas. As Allie is lifting the holiday spirits of the family with Christmas decorations, cookies, and shopping, her kindness is rewarded with the most unexpected of gifts, love! Love! Oh. I like that her name is Allie and she spells it the way I do. I do not like that the love interest name is Gordon. Yeah, that's a weird name. But I love the actor, Aaron Ashmore. I'm a big fan of both Aaron Ashmore and Sean Ashmore. So I will definitely be watching mm. this one. Okay. Tell me how it is. You're not going to watch it because the act- her, name is, her Allie. name is Allie. You should just be watching it no matter what. Maybe I should. I'll add it to my list. In Love by Christmas, spelled with two N's, comes out December 11th. Mandy leads, another Mandy, a successful young woman living in Miami, is climbing her way up the corporate ladder in the hotel industry. Though she doesn't get back to her small northern hometown much, this year her gram is able to finally convince her to come home for Christmas. Mandy has another reason to. The quaint local inn is up for sale, and she wants to acquire it for her company. With her eyes on the prize, Mandy travels back home, but on her way there, she runs into Lucas Menzino, her high school rival, who also has his eye on the end as well. Again, redundant writing here. That's a crazy coincidence that her high school rival is apparently in the same line of work she is. Yeah, is that a big thing with small towns where, like, you leave the town and then you come back and you want to buy it up? Seems shady. The Christmas setup out December 12th follows the story of a New York lawyer, Hugo, who heads to Milwaukee with his best friend, Madeline, to spend the holidays with his mom, Kate, who was also in charge of the local holiday celebrations. These sentences are so hard to get through. Ever the matchmaker, Kate arranges for Hugo to run into Patrick, Hugo's high school friend and secret crush. Oh, it's a gay one! 
who has recently returned after a successful stint in Silicon Valley. As they enjoy the local holiday festivities together, Hugh and Patrick's attraction to each other is undeniable, and it looks as though Kate's Santa-style matchmaking is a success. But as Hugo receives word of a big promotion requiring a move to London, he must decide what is more important to him. I honestly should have guessed that this one was going to have a gay couple just off the bat when it said his best friend was Madeline because the only thing less likely to happen in one of these movies than a gay couple is for a man and woman to be platonic friends. Right? Like, eventually he's going to fall in love with his best friend, but... But no, he's going to fall in love with Patrick. A Sugar and Spice Holiday comes out December 13th. It follows Susie, a rising young architect who returns to her small hometown in Maine for Christmas, where her Chinese-American parents, Pete and Mimi, run the local lobster bar. Following the loss of her beloved grandmother, who was a legendary baker in their community, Susie is guilted into following in her grandmother's footsteps by entering the local gingerbread house competition. Teaming up with an old high school friend, Billy, who grew up to be a catch, Susie must find the right recipes and mix of sugar and spice infused with her cultural traditions to win the competition and perhaps find some love in the process. So is this the Asian American one you were talking about? Yes, I am very excited about this one. And I don't know, I just kind of like the story as well. It has a gingerbread competition, which I think could be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm surprised that there aren't more set in Maine, honestly. That seems like a good snowy, small town environment for Hallmark or Lifetime movies. I feel like Maine is a very Nicholas Sparks movie setting. Or Stephen King, but that's not particularly Christmassy. Lone Star Christmas, well, I can guess what state that takes place in, comes out December 14th. When a single mom, Erin, takes her daughter to spend Christmas with her estranged father on his Texas ranch, she unexpectedly falls in love with local restaurateur Mateo while learning to forgive her father for the past. Wait, so does the mom fall in love or the daughter? The mom. Because she's taking her kids to visit her estranged dad. Oh, her father. Her father. Her father. Yeah, not okay, there. Okay, so they're going to the secret. Yeah, but I definitely father. misread so that. So their grandpa. Okay. Christmas on the Menu comes out December 18th. Josie Jennings, a celebrated romantic 35-year-old chef in the city, heads home to spend the holidays at the quaint, magical bed and breakfast where she grew up and where her mom, Shannon, has just opened a new restaurant. Famous food critic Tanner Rhodes, who has given Josie harsh reviews in the past, comes to town to review the new restaurant and Josie's Christmas cuisine. As the holiday unfolds, Josie and Tanner get to know each other better, and a romance soon begins to blossom. But will Tanner find a way to right his wrongs, write a rave review for the Bistro's delicious cuisine, and win Josie's heart by Christmas Eve? I bet he does. Those all seem like they would happen simultaneously. <laughs> All he has to do is write her a good review and it would solve all those problems. Okay, wait. So her mother just opened a new restaurant and then she comes home and then she cooks in the restaurant? She's a famous chef. So I guess she's coming back. I'm assuming her mom opened this new restaurant at Christmas and like the grand opening will be her celebrity chef daughter is cooking. Okay, because like wouldn't her mother have already had a chef? You would think. Maybe something falls through. Maybe the chef quits or maybe her mom was the chef and gets injured and can't work or something. Okay. But I do like this plot line of she grew up in a magical quaint B&B and comes home for the holidays. Yeah, that's kind of cute. Tanner Rhodes is such a good Christmas love interest name. 
I feel like it's a very good soap opera name. Yeah. All right, and then the last movie coming out December 19th is A Christmas Exchange. The holiday season has started, and Molly Cooper is looking for joy. Finally living her childhood dream, Molly swaps her quaint farmhouse for London financer Patrick Kingston's posh apartment. Through the ups and downs of her new life in London and searching for romance, Molly begins to look forward to all communication with Patrick. Likewise, Patrick finds Molly's warm emails and texts charming and compelling. Sparks fly between them as they get to know each other as they live in each other's spaces. So this is like the holiday. Yeah. It's like the holiday and the lake house at the same time. I was going to say, and the lake house. The holiday lake house. That's a good movie. I'd watch that movie. I'd watch a movie called Mm -hmm. that. We could write that. We'll add that to our I feel like that would be kind of a good thing to do. Find a mashup of rom-com movies and turn them into a Christmas movie. Like... How to Lose a Guy in Sweet Home Alabama. How to Lose a Sweet Guy in 10 Days Till Christmas. (laughs) In 10 Days Till Christmas. All right. Well, that is certainly an interesting lineup of movies. There's a couple in there that I'm interested in. A couple I promise to give at least 10 minutes of time to each of these movies. (laughs) That's fair. To each of these? Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna try Oh my god, I that's so much commitment. That my goal is to at least take a look at every single Christmas movie out there. That is my goal. I'm going to do it. Okay. If there are any that are especially good that were not on my list, please be sure to pass those on. Yes, I'll let you know. Although you need to watch Christmas Tree Lane if you haven't seen it. I thought it was really cute on Hallmark. Okay. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at BingingXmasPod, on Instagram at BingingChristmas, or you can email us at BingingChristmasPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Binging Christmas, and remember... If you're looking for a Christmas veterinarian... He will not be at the officer's ball. They're not all going to be winners. Ho, 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 ho!